So Acts 1.8 that we started the service with really uh, is, is the, the theme sentence for today's sermon and to, to help us understand what happened on that Pentecost day. Jesus said, I'm sending you my uh, spirit uh, with power so that you will be witnesses uh, near and, and far. And so this, what we just read, was the event of the Holy Spirit of God coming upon those first followers and then just right after that, they begin to bear witness. So I want to talk through that with you. And, and I'm going to talk first about the power part and then about the witness part. I'll remind you of what I went over last week. Um, most of us who have grown up in the church or are familiar with Christianity, we know, um, I'm going to call them the big two. They aren't the big two. But the things we, we often know most are associated with Christmas and Easter. That's the incarnation when God took on human flesh, was born into the world as Jesus Christ, Jesus of Nazareth. Nazareth. That's the incarnation. Uh, it's God with us and among us and for us. And of course, J Jesus lived and taught us about God and uh, in perfect obedience went to death on the cross. And that's the other thing uh, that I think we mostly know about is the crucifixion. That's actually not Easter. That's Good Friday, but we tend to make those two associations. And that death on the cross was for our sake, for our sins, uh, for the sin of the world. Because of God's love, Jesus came into the world to live and to die for us that our sin might be forgiven and we might be restored to God. Last week, well really ever since Easter, I reminded us that, that Easter is about a third uh, very important thing and that is the resurrection. Right? When Jesus died on the cross, our sin died with him. Like we were forgiven but in his resurrection, we are raised with him to new life and a new start and a new identity and a new purpose. And so all these weeks, ever since Easter, some seven weeks ago, we've been talking about what resurrection means for us, what this new life and this new identity means for us. Last week, I named a fourth um, super important thing is that that is the ascension, probably the thing we know least about. We read the story of Jesus uh, after Easter. Uh, ascending to be at the right hand of God the Father. And we talked about how he brings us with him in a very real sense. Ascension is about our connection and our union with Christ. And all that means we have an advocate with God the Father. Uh, we, are, we not only have a new start, but we are with him in so many ways. Today is the fifth uh, hugely important thing, and that is this promised spirit. And, and really fills out what our purpose is here uh, on, on this planet which is to be filled with the presence and power of God for the purpose of telling God's story, witness. So that's what we're going to focus on today is Pentecost, that uh, empowered to witness. So I want to start with the power part in verses 1 through 13. You heard kind of the, the, the not kind of, you heard the supernatural part, these, these flickering flames of fire that appeared, uh, manifesting the presence of God's Holy Spirit, alighting on each of the, the disciples. And beyond that uh, visible expression of God's power, they also were able to speak. And this crowd of people uh, from all over the known world, uh, many, many native tongues, they were all able to understand in their own language the message that the disciples were preaching and that Peter was preaching. And so there was, you know, again, a, a manifestation of God's power, a miracle, allowing each to hear in their own tongue. Now, there, there were a couple of responses to God's power. Uh, there were some who were amazed and astonished by this. 
you know, whether they saw the, the flames themselves or just marveled that I can understand them and this isn't my native tongue, and yet I understand it. It's as if they are speaking in my native tongue. They were amazed. I would even describe it as kind of a holy curiosity. Like, what's going on here? This is, this is not normal, and I'm interested. I want to find out more. I will note that curiosity and amazement doesn't equal understanding. Um, it's more, more of a, what is this? I want to find out more. Right with that description of those who were marveling, there were also those who were doubtful of what was going on, even mocking, some saying, well, they must be drunk. They're full of sweet wine. They're just babbling incoherently. Um, so so this one crowd, these two reactions to the same events, the same events of God's power showing up. And that's, I think that's consistent, right? I've experienced both of those in my life. Something has happened that seemed to be... Um, Beyond the normal, supernatural, God is involved. At times I've said, wow, God is here. God is doing something amazing. Other times I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't understand. I have not descended into mocking, but I understand that kind of disbelief. So either the holy curiosity or the, this can't be. There must be some other explanation. My experience has been those that do kind of cross over into mocking of God and Christianity um, usually there's something, uh, some piece of history or some experience or some grief or some anger that's behind that uh, that's really between them and God. It's nothing that Peter or the disciples did wrong that day. There's just something that has to be worked out that is a, a block to recognizing the presence of God. Or maybe it's even, I do recognize the presence of God and I'm angry, um, so, so resisting that. I've wondered before, and this passage helps explain it to me, why doesn't God just show up on planet Earth and do something amazing, then all everybody will believe, right? Well, God did show up on planet Earth and do something amazing, and, and we split, right? We, some people are drawn and believe, and some people uh, disbelieve or even mock or even attack, right? Jesus showed up doing miracles, the story of God, and people split over that. Even this event, the Holy Spirit, the power of God shows up, is manifest, different responses. But here's the interesting part to me, one interesting part. God doesn't just show up and, and do the flashy, powerful thing. I think the way God has created us and made us is that we re respond to story, to testimony, to the words of other human beings. So what God does on this Pentecost day is pair his power, his sheer power, presence of the Spirit, miraculous you know, speaking with the stories that the disciples will tell. Um, I think that's why he sent Jesus to earth, because we res respond to fleshed out reality, someone who can walk with us and talk to us and tell stories and experience life with us. So Pentecost wasn't just a power event, it's also a witnessing event. So in the, I would encourage you to go back where the first reading ended and read verses 14 through 36, the words that Peter told, the story that he told. Um, he uh, told the story of, of God's promises and God's purpose and who Jesus was and what he came to do. Uh, talked about the incarnation and the resurrection and even the ascension. Um, and after doing that, then we pick back up in verse 37 and we hear a third kind of response to this event. Right? Not just amazement or disbelief, but now people are believing. 
And that's the bit I want you to hear. The point in, in the account where people believe or when God's power is joined to, um, to witness, to human beings telling the story as they understand it, as they've experienced it. And so in verse 37, we hear some people believing. When they heard this, Peter's story, they were pierced to the heart. That's what gets through, not the miracle, but the telling of God's story from human lips, from Peter's lips. And they say, what, what should we do? We, we believe. We want to we respond in some way. And uh, Peter spells out to them three things. Repent, that is turn away from whatever you were pursuing and turn towards God. That's that act of repentance, of turning towards God. Um, he says, act, act to acknowledge what it is you're believing. So be baptized, take the mark on yourself of God's presence in your life. Humble yourself before God. And then he says, get ready. Those are my words, my paraphrase. He says, this same power that you see uh, with us, this Holy Spirit, will come upon you, and you too will become a witness. And then I love um, verse 39. We, we get a sense of what that witness is. This promise, the Holy Spirit will come upon you who believe, uh, you have, who, who humble yourselves before God, and you will bear witness to your children, your children's children, and all those who are far off. I mean, that's, that's how this plays out. It's not just um, an in-your-heart secret, well, now I believe in God. It's so that we can tell the story, the same story the disciples told, and, and not just tell it, but, but enact it and live it out, uh, out into the world. And I, I really appreciate, too, the, the dual focus of your own household. This is for your children as well as for those out in our community and the world, for those who are far off. And I think that's both geographically far off and spiritually far off. This is, this is God's heart, to reach and to touch and to bless and to care for all those who are far off. So I want to end with the question, how will you respond? Um, most of you longtime church people. What would your response be, do you think, if... I mean, and on one hand, I would like to think, and I do believe, that God does show up every week. God's Spirit is here. I announced that at the beginning of the service. Part of what the, the singing and the sermon and the scripture and the children's message, that's all witnessing. It's telling the story of God. So I, I believe this happens every week. And yet I want to ask you, how do you respond to that if you get the sense that God is here um, or I'm hearing about God? Do you, are you amazed I don't know if most weeks I leave here amazed. Sometimes I do. I'd like to think we always do. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm just too tired or I'm distracted. I'm not paying attention to really process, was God here today? I mean, it's nice to see some friends, but that's, that's the question. Is God here? Did God meet me in this service? Um, I understand, too, the response of, I'm not sure about this. Sometimes what happens with Christians and in the church and in the culture, is that our, you know, God is showing up, I believe that all the time, but our, our witness is at odds with God's presence and power. There, there are a lot of people disappointed, not with God right now, but with Christians and with the church. God, ha God doesn't have to, but God pairs his presence with faithful witness to him. And um, I think this generation especially of all ages, we need to remind ourselves 
how to faithfully tell, and maybe even more importantly, how to faithfully live as witnesses to who God is and what God's about. And that's all the way from uh, God's love and grace and forgiveness to God's uh, justice and compassion and holiness. That's all part of our witness, and, and we, I think, drop the ball sometimes on that. So I, even myself, sometimes I'm doubtful. According to this story, what pierces the human heart, what really gets through to us, is God's power combined uh, with authentic, that is true, testimony and witness. So my question is, what happens when that happens? How do you respond to that? One of the things I've loved most about this church is I think we, we do that. We, we match, we tell our story, we are authentic, we are true. God shows up and people respond to that. I recognize um, that in the weeks and months to come, there's not going to be a pastor here for a while. Um, but God still shows up. And you still have your stories and your testimony. And I would even argue that's where the power lies. It's not in the person that stands here week after week. Um, but we've, if we've said anything to you a hundred times or more, it's that you are the church. The pastorate in the church, you are the church. Um, so my, my question, my challenge to you is in these weeks and months until the next person is brought here, um, to be a part of this Pentecost process. God, God's going to keep showing up. That's God's promise to you. Um, will you be witnesses? Will you tell your stories so that those who visit, those who come, you who regularly come, you'll be encouraged. You'll continue to be pierced to the heart. You'll see God at work and respond in faith to that. Interestingly, what comes right after these verses, just three verses later, in verse 42, is a description of what a healthy and thriving church looks like. It's that, that verse where the believers are gathered together for uh, prayer and for fellowship, for the breaking of the bread, uh, for uh, the teaching. I would encourage you and the elders and the deacons to hold that out as a, as a measure. Are you, are you faithfully telling the stories? And each of you has a story. Are you living out your knowledge, your faith, your belief in God. Um, I know God will be here. And, and I believe as you do that in these coming months, you will see God bless and the church will continue to thrive. That's why Mark's comment about making me cry notwithstanding, the elders and I and the deacons and the staff uh, are encouraged that the, the months to come and the years to come, uh, God will bless you because it's, uh, you, you, you have everything you need to thrive. God, God has shown up for you. He will keep showing up for you. And you, you are the witnesses. Um, and the, the early church is a perfect example of that. Uh, Jesus left these followers, and they're the ones that told the story. And, and uh, more heard and responded, and they told the story. And that goes on from there. So I want to encourage you with that, with the Pentecost history and the Pentecost message, that that's how God works, and that's what God is doing. And I want to bless you. Uh, with that this morning. Amen.